0: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690
1: and ESPN690.com. They're going to have a hard time having everybody come to camp on July 28th. Like, I've spoken to some players and coaches. And ordinarily, there's a lot more conversation, a lot more gearing up about the
0: starter camp, notices from teams, directions, instructions, hey, we're going to be showing up here. And there hasn't been that. And, and there are still a lot of financial
1: issues that need to be addressed that have not been so far. And I think there's a lot of work there to be done to think realistically and practically that they're going to be able to solve this by, I don't know, in the, in the next week or so.
0: I I don't see it happening. I think that they've got too much work to get done and through, and there are too many uncertainties and too many major issues to think that everything's just going to go off without a hitch. That's parade ruiner Adam Schechter saying he expects there to be a delay in the upcoming NFL season. And listen. I've I've been pretty adamant about where I stand on whether I think it's going to start on time or if there's going to be a season anymore. In case you're listening for the very first time, let me repeat myself one more time here. Um, I think that either they have to assume that if the player has it, they have to change what that means, or for some miraculous reason, there's a, a you know like a, a cure or a or a vaccine that's created. I think we're going to have a hard time starting football up on time, and it's as simple as that, right? Because you can't have guys like in LSU having 20-something players come down and and have COVID-19 and then be quarantined for two weeks, all right? You you can't have Kansas State shutting down the whole thing, you know, for off-season training because so many guys got sick. Now, don't get me wrong. If you look at Michigan State right now, I believe 75 players tested, and guess what? None of them had COVID-19. They all tested back negative, so there is positive news out there as well. But I'm just saying, I mean, to to sit here and think, well, you know, if one player gets that's fine, great. Two players get that's fine, but it's an NFL locker room or it's a college football locker room. Okay, there's a lot of guys in that locker room, and anytime you're on a football field, you're gonna sweat on each other, you're gonna hit each other. Like there's, it's impossible to practice sh- social distancing, and to abide by all those rules in the game of football. It just is. Yeah, you can put these protocols in place and cross your fingers and hope it works. But I'm just saying, it is impossible. So once again, I've, I've been pretty adamant about it. We'll see what happens. But until that time... Uh, I'm going to keep talking football because I'm also going to remain optimistic. And at the end of the day, I can sit here and give my opinions, but then guess what? Some new information is going to come out like two days later, and then i got to change my tune again. So uh, I'm going to remain a little quiet on, on the Western front here, if you will, but that's just kind of my two cents worth. The Jacksonville Jaguars offense, okay? ESPN, and I want to get his name right, Bill Barnwell here, uh, took it upon himself like he does every single year. To rank the offensive weapons for each NFL team in 2020 from best to worst. A little bit of the criteria in this rankings by by Bill Barnwell here. He said that wide receivers matter more than tight ends. Okay, I guess whatever. Um, contract value doesn't matter. Uh, not everyone was considered. Not everyone who was considered gets mentioned uh, as far as the players are concerned. Top-level talent is worth more than depth, obviously. And that's a, and the quarterback... See, here's the thing about this whole list here, and I'm going to say it in a second here. I don't get the fact that... I don't think the quarterback comes into play when we're talking about best offensive weapons or you know ranking the offensive weapons for each team. But then in each team breakdown, he mentions, well, so-and-so is throwing him the ball. So-and-so is throwing the ball. So in my opinion... The quarterback is important to offensive weapons, right? Because as the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, you still had Juju Smith-Schuster, but if you had Mason Rudolph throwing him the ball, it didn't really matter. Now, did it? So I'm not sure how much of the quarterbacks came into play in this ranking system. He doesn't really mention it. I assume a little bit because he mentions the quarterbacks every single time. But let's get in the list real quick here, okay? Top team right now we got coming in, and it should be no surprise to anybody, but we got the Kansas City Chiefs. Say no more. I mean, w- what more do you want? You got the best quarterback, arguably, in the league. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Sammy Watkins, the Jaguars killer from last year. Miko Hardman, Damian Williams. I mean, they're, they're loaded, and they keep reloading. They keep bringing in younger talent, and they don't miss a beat. I mean, there was a while where they had a running back by the name of Kareem Hunt, who's now in Cleveland. Kareem Hunt was, like, the top three running backs in fantasy in all NFL. And all of a sudden, you know, he he had his, um, the incident where, he, you know, he, he, he kicked a female essentially on camera, um, did his time for that or whatever, but the, the Chiefs let him go. And I was like, oh, Kareem Hunt, no, no. Like, now what are the Chiefs going to do? Have the Chiefs even missed a beat since releasing Kareem Hunt? They absolutely have not. Because to me, the Chiefs are like, the 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 William Patriots of offense, where it doesn't matter who you take out. It doesn't matter if Tyreek Hill's, you know, banged up for a couple games. It doesn't even matter if Patrick Mahomes goes down for a couple games. Bring in Matt Moore. Where's that guy been? Doesn't really matter. When you have that much firepower and you got Andy Reid calling the shots, you're going to be okay. Number two, real quick, and then we'll get to the Jaguars. N- number two, a little surprising to a lot of people, I would say, not surprising to me, and actually brings the biggest smile to my face because one of the biggest bets that we have going on this year on ESPN six ninety is the bet between Brent Martineau and myself where we're gonna. Pred- I-, I predicted that uh, Baker Mayfield will have better quarterback numbers than Ben Roethlisberger. Well, check this out: Cleveland Browns coming in right now at number two in the offensive weapon rankings this year um, in the NFL. And listen, you got Austin Hooper, the highest paid tight end. You still have David Njoku. So you got two pretty much bona fide tight ends. You have one of the best running backs in Nick Chubb. You got Kareem Hunt, who I just mentioned from the Kansas City Chiefs. Catching balls out of the backfield, kind of that third down threat, and keep in mind last year too uh, Cleveland ran a lot of two running back sets, almost like an old school wing T where they'll line up cream hunt like in the slot or in the backfield. But anytime you got two game wrecking running backs on the field at the very same time, it can work wonders for your team, and they still got Jarvis Landry and Oral Beckham Jr. so the Cleveland Browns coming at number two, hey Baker Mayfield. Win me some money, no excuses this year, get the job done, please. By the way, Brent's team, who needs to do well with Ben Roethlisberger, coming at number 13. Let's get to the Jacksonville Jaguars, though. And I got to scroll up a little bit, unfortunately, on the list. It was pretty expected, let's be honest here. But coming in at number 31, second to last, bringing up the rear, Are your Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, keep in mind, back in 2019, they were ranked 32. So, a little bit of an upgrade this year as they're ranked 31. Oh, man, how do I feel about it? Okay. Listen, I understand right now in terms of their offense, there is question marks. Can Gardner Minshew get the job done? Question mark. I think DJ Chark is as solid as they come. Was he just a flash in the pan, or is he the real deal going forward? I think the guy is the real deal going forward, okay? A young wideout kind of got thrust into the role a little bit. Everyone was talking about D.D. Westbrook last year. Well, all of a sudden, here comes DJ Chark, and there was some times during the season last year where he was almost like unguardable. So with that being said, you add the confidence now. You add the expectations to this year's DJ Chark in a new offense with Jay Gruden that spreads the ball around that makes, you know, their, their top wide receivers get the ball. I can see Chark even having a bigger year than they did last year. I can see him in the slot. I can see him being a mismatch for a lot of, uh, corners out there. So I love DJ Chark going forward. Now that they talk about you know what, let's go ahead and just read what Bill Warren had to say real quick here. So like Washington, obviously Washington ranked number 32, the Jags have quietly have have a quietly impressive young wideout and DJ Chark agree. A hybrid draft pick they're excited to integrate into their offense and LaVisca Chanel agree. And then not much else. While Chris Conley averaged 16.5 yards per reception last year, he also dropped six of his 89 targets. I wish they would give him more time. I wish they would give him more time to Keelan Cole, who impressed as a rookie and has seen his playing time drop with each passing year. Also, with each passing year, the D.D. Westbrook breakout doesn't appear to be arriving. Ted and Josh Oliver, a third-round pick in 2019, is a theoretical breakout candidate given his athleticism, but injuries limited him to 117 snaps as a rookie, and the Jaguars used some limited cap space to sign Tyler Eifert, who is an injury concern as well. I'm confused by Jacksonville's plan at running back, where it spent all offseason trying to foist off Leonard Fournette on any team that would take the former fourth overall pick, yet didn't bring anybody to push or replace the 25-year-old. So on and so on and so on. Add Chris Thompson, Rock Armstead as the backup, and there you have it. Okay, so let's go through what Bill what Barnwell said real quick. I agree on DJ Chark, Mozeskowski. Hit it on the head. I think he's going to be a breakout star for years to come. And I think it's a guy going forward that's going to be a pillar, not only for that receiving core, but also just the team in general in your Jacksonville Jaguars. I love LaVisca Chanel, okay? And you talk about an offensive coordinator in John Gruden, who was one of the first guys to implement the Wildcat formation. Jay, I'm sorry I said I meant I said John I, said, I meant Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden when he was in Cincinnati was the guy that was like, "You know what? I see what we have here and I'm going to adapt it to what we have." Some offensive coordinators out there, they have the ego where it's like, "We have to do things my way. It's always worked, and you know what? You're a dinosaur. You get left behind." Jay Gruden is not that guy. He evolves around his offense to what he has at weapons. Keep in mind, when he was in Washington, From a wide receiver perspective, there wasn't a lot to work with sometimes, but he still had some pretty good success. Obviously, Jordan Reed playing tight end helped out a lot as well. The part that I don't agree with here with Bill Barnwell talking about Keelan Cole not getting his reps over Chris Conley. Listen, I understand right now, maybe the Jaguars aren't the hottest ticket to watch in terms of viewership, but if you watched any game last year, you saw that Chris Conley was taken out in the red zone and replaced with Keelan Cole. They almost forced Keelan Cole to try to go out there and get touchdowns. Meanwhile, you had Chris Conley, who is the combine vertical jump record holder, jumped, I don't know, like 45, 47, whatever it was, jumped out of the gym, as they say. You have Chris Conley, that type of guy, who's on the sidelines in red zone opportunities. And I read it on the show last year. I called out John Filippo about it last year. And it was just the fact that, hey, he didn't fit in the package. That's not what we had him in. And Chris Conley would be the first one to tell you. He was frustrated when the Jaguars got to the red zone and he, and he wasn't in. How, how you can't put a guy with that much experience, with that type of vertical leap, to just say, hey, you got one-on-one coverage. I'm going to throw it up there and go get it. I have no idea. So I don't think Keewan Cole has been the guy that hasn't really got his just due. I think Keewan Cole ha- has had opportunities. OK, I just think right now going forward, I think they're like Chris Conley. I think Chris Conley is kind of that veteran presence. Obviously, I mean, we, we saw him lead the, the whole uh, protest here in Jacksonville. And, and that's another thing set aside. But it goes, it goes to show you what his teammates think about him, right, where he's kind of the, the spoken leader sometimes of that locker room. So I expect Chris Conley to, to get the reps. I expect Chris Conley to be a big part of that Jaguars offense going forward. Now we talk about the red flags, though. And once again, I agree with Bill Barnwell here. You talk about D.D. D. Westbrook. I think Brent and I were on the same page last year. I think a lot of, you know, even NFL beat writers were on the same page last year. Where We thought D.D. Westbrook, it was going to be the breakout season that we've been waiting for. Because we've seen the flashes, okay? We've we've seen the hints of optimism where it's going to be like, there it is. That's the D.D. Westbrook that we're expecting. This is going to be the, the the breakout D.D. Westbrook now. And he's going to put the team on his back and have a Pro Bowl year. But for whatever reason, just the consistency, not getting the ball enough, whatever it is, Westbrook hasn't been that guy yet. But I'm going to say this, though. And I just hyped up that Jay Gruden offense a lot. But in terms of game calling, in terms of matchups, yes, DJ Chark is the one receiver going forward. I think anybody would agree with that. But game scripts are different in terms of Jay Gruden. Like, yes, DJ Chark's going to get his ball without a doubt. But depending on who, the, who you're playing against, depending on who's covering D.D. Westbrook, I could see D.D. Westbrook getting a lot of the lion's share as well. Now, what he does with that, that's up to him. But I think D.D. Westbrook will at least get the opportunities to shine. And whether he wants to or not, that'll be on him. But I think Gruden's going to give him, um, you know, enough of the share where it's going to be like, well, if Westbrook doesn't work out this year, then maybe he's not going to work out at all in Jacksonville. So that's obviously a red flag going forward for those offensive weapons. And then you have a guy like Josh Oliver who people seem to forget about all of a sudden because, well, he didn't really play that much last year. Um, like was reported only 117 snaps. And to be fair, I thought it was more like 20 snaps because we didn't really see Josh Oliver a lot. The thing with Josh Oliver is coming out you know, of the combine and all the draft stuff that you read about Josh Oliver is like, yes, he had to improve a little bit on his run blocking. But let's be honest right now. I don't care how good of a run blocker Josh Oliver is. I don't think anybody in this city really cares how good of a run blocker Josh Oliver is because he was brought in Jacksonville for one reason, and that was to be that big red zone target, and that was to be the threat down the middle. Okay, He's had one year under his belt now. Yes, was, there's was a lot of injuries around that, but he's at least seen the film. He's seen what he has to improve on, and you would knock on wood and hope that he can stay healthy this up and coming year. If he can, who knows what's going to happen with Josh Oliver, all right? But I'm not going to write Josh Oliver out just yet. He was taken in the third round for a reason. So let's go ahead and give that guy a chance. Let's go ahead and see how he looks in training camp. Let's watch him during those two preseason games, and then let's evaluate him from here. But to say right now is, all like, oh, the Jaguars tight ends. Man. Listen. We don't know what we got yet, just like a quarterback. We don't know if Gardner Mintry is going to be the guy for the next decade or so, just like we don't know if Josh Oliver is going to be a bona fide tight end or so yet. Let's give him some time. Let's find out. And the other red flag that Barnwell mentioned, obviously, Tyler Eifert, Okay? Tyler Eifert, when he's healthy, has experience with Gruden in the past, but that's the big question is can he stay healthy? That might be the biggest red flag of all of them right now. Obviously came to Jacksonville on a very Low-key, low-term type of deal. Not mad at that whatsoever. Obviously, being a leader in that locker room for guys like Josh, Oliver for guys like James O'Shaughnessy, that'll be big going forward as well. But the biggest thing is is that Gruden loves to use his tight ends, especially in the red zone. Go ahead and ask Vernon Davis. Go ahead and ask Jordan Reed how that works out for you. And I think if Tyler Eifert can stay healthy, then I think that boosts up the Jacksonville Jaguars ranking in terms of where they fall on offensive weapons, Okay. Um, I think it comes down to Eifert and it comes down to Albert. Once again, we always talk about how important the tight end position is. It's gonna be important for the Jacksonville Jaguars going forward this year. And let's finish it up with the running backs real quick. Leonard Fournette. I've been very adamant about this. I don't know why you tra- I don't know why you tried to trade Leonard Fournette off your team. Now, is he gonna be here next year? Probably not. But the guy, keep in mind, is fighting for a career right now. All right, this is a big year for Leonard Fournette because this year is the year where it's like, you know what? I got a lot left in the tank, and the next team that's going to bring me on, you better pay me. So in terms of preparation, in terms of what you get out of Leonard Fournette this year, it it could be the most that you've ever gotten. So why you would try to get rid of that piece, I have no idea, especially when you look behind him at a guy like Rock Armstead. And I get it. They, They like Rock Armstead a lot, and the guy runs with bad intentions. I understand that. But are you confident handing the ball to Rock Armstead 20 to maybe 25 times a game, depending on who you're playing? If you're playing the Tennessee Titans and it's a physical game, is Rock Armstead going to be that cog that kind of sets the tempo a little bit? I don't know because, in my opinion, we haven't seen enough yet. I like Chris Thompson, the third down back coming in. We've been very adamant about that on the show, uh, that they couldn't have signed him soon enough. And especially a guy who's that change of pace, who's going to make – defensive coordinators plan to go against i love chris thompson coming to jacksonville and that's a plus for the jaguars hands down but you got to ask yourself if leonard fournette wasn't here right now how confident are you with that backfield and in my opinion not too confident let me tell you something else just getting off the phone with some other people around the league what i'm being told is is that The expectation is that before training camp, before Washington's NFL franchise goes to training camp, this issue will be resolved. Multiple sources have told me that this morning because Roger doesn't want this lingering. He doesn't want this being another talking point with everything else going on. As you guys know, as you guys were just talking about, this COVID situation is going to take up a lot of space, rightfully so. So the league doesn't want this naming situation to carry on.
1: Who's that there, Coos? Jason Reed from The uh, Undefeated. Jason
0: Reed from The Undefeated. Sounds like a, a platform where you have to pay for a sub- monthly subscription, huh? Kind of, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but and it's, it offers great insight. And listen, well, before we get into that, let me ask you a question, Coos. Is there anything more gangster than eating your lunch in the studio with an ice cream scoop?
1: You know, I noticed that again. Yeah. Oh, it's happened like- on
0: – it's pretty much every other day now for me.
1: Okay. Well, let's go
0: ahead and set this scene real quick. For the folks listening at home here. So every single day, obviously, as you've probably seen, I eat lunch. Um, I have a pretty strict diet, which I have to follow because I'm still trying to be a a UFC fighter, still chasing that dream and everything. So it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. And one of of those effort things has to be eating a a well-balanced meal at the same time every single day. So I I bring it from home. Um, It's meal prepped, ready to roll. However, I always seem to forget to bring a fork, unfortunately. And that can be very detrimental now, for a while in our you know in our student like in our building you know community kitchen, I guess you would call it um you know there was plastic utensils, sometimes there's like a fork hanging out, someone must forgot it i I would steal that and just wash it off, and that would be my fork now from now on, so like I may do with that all the time. Well, all of a sudden the plastic utensils started, you know, disappearing. All of a sudden people stopped leaving their forks behind. And when that happens, I'm left to my own devices. And the only thing I can really eat um, from that kitchen is with, a, is with an ice cream scoop. So I bring an ice cream scoop into the studio and I eat my lunch like that.
1: It's definitely a step up from the chopsticks, which are essentially the coffee stirring well, straws. Yeah,
0: now, when the ice cream scoop was gone, actually was having ice cream every single day here in the studio. But when the ice cream scoop was gone, then yes, I would take stir sticks uh, for coffee, and I would make them into chopsticks. Not
1: ideal. They would obviously break. Well, it looks like you had sausage rice fingers today, too. So that probably wouldn't have worked very well with, yep. like, the chopsticks.
0: Absolutely. And the best part about this whole story is, and I can't wait till the day it happens. So if you've been following along for the show for a while now, I had Chipotle. This is probably like four or five months ago. Had Chipotle, spilt it all over the floor. The cleaning lady yelled at me. I felt horrible. I apologized a million times. I cleaned it up. Well, now she makes me eat in Kuz's spot of the studio. Fine. That's not a problem. So I eat standing up. Because there's not a chair for me to sit down because Kuz uses it. It is what it is. But with that being said, where I put my food is on top of, essentially, it's like a speaker, right, Kuz? So I eat over the speaker.
1: It's how I can hear you right now without headphones on. Exactly. It's, it's pretty important to the show. Definitely important.
0: Well, like most speakers, there's vents and there's things to help cool it down. I have dropped so many just particles of, of shrimp and chicken and rice and broccoli through those holes in that speaker. Well, I'm just waiting for it to one day to overheat, and we're going to put the whole studio, and that being said, the whole show
1: in jeopardy. Nick is probably, like, so upset right now if he's listening. Can't believe I just admitted that on
0: live radio. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm an idiot. Coos, next time that happens, go please just tell me not to say anything. <laughs> Didn't right. think about our boss listening to it. I'm sure he's going to send me a text message. I'm an idiot. Forget I have said anything. But speaking of saying some stuff, we got some good, st- uh, feedback here, uh, on some of our platforms. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, not a mixer anymore because we wanted more money than they gave us, I guess. Uh, but we got Raymond James chiming in. Austin, good segment. Thank you for breaking down the roster of the Jags. My biggest concern with the roster will be both offensive line and defensive line. I think the front office has too much confidence in the offensive line and not really upgrading pushing starters, especially left tackle, left guard. Uh, and right guard, and then he also goes on to say what kind of defense will they be playing, uh, will their 3-4 defense, if they run it, actually stop against the run. All right, so let's break down a couple of those questions real quick. I agree with you in terms of their offensive line. Okay, there, there are some question marks right on the offensive line. I think from a talent standpoint, I think on paper the Jaguars are fine. You know, like, go ahead and give me Andrew Norwell. Go ahead and give me Juwan Taylor. Go ahead and give me A.J. Cann. Go ahead and give me a healthy Cam Robinson. Go ahead and give me Linder. That's great and everything. But the question still remains, can they play together? Can they be a cohesive unit? If it's going to be a fourth and one in the game on the line, how confident are you in that they can convert that first down? Because I'll tell you what, last year wasn't confident at all. Doug Marone is an offensive line guy, okay? He knows the position in and out. Can he get the most this year from his O-line? Because it shows you in the draft, all right? They they, they take a flight on Ben Barch, D3 prospect, um, playing guard this year. It was kind of a luxury pick, as Brent Martino would say, but it was a pick that obviously you don't expect to come in and make a difference right away. Now, maybe two to three years down the line, absolutely. But you don't you don't expect Ben Barch to come in day one and be, you know, that starting guard. It's just not going to happen. So what what you have right now is what you had from last year. The question is, is can they make it a cohesive unit, and can Doug Marone finally kind of add his little oomph to it and make sure they have a good offensive line? The other comment from Raymond James is the 3-4 defense and how can it stop the run? Raymond James, man, I want to answer the question, okay? I There's nothing that would bring me more joy than to come on this show, break down the defense, tell you who's going to line up where and what what it's going to look like. But let's be honest right now. In terms of communication of what kind of defense they're running, I have no idea. Okay, now I've been saying 3-4 under, 3-4 under, but no one seems to confirm it, all right? Todd Wash says, eh, it's going to be a lot like it was last year. Dave Caldwell says, oh, we got Chase on, so it's going to be a 3-4 kind of look this year. Doug Marone said the same thing. I Honestly, I can't get a straight answer of what kind of defense they're going to run this year. And it frustrates the heck out of me. Okay. And I may not get it in preseason. I may not even get it in, in like the regular season to start things off with. I have no idea. Okay. I think it's going to be a three, four hundred defense, but that's not confirmed yet. So I'm sitting here supposed to be this, you know, big analyst and I'm with you guys right now. I have no idea what's going to happen with that defense. Now there's hearsay here. hearsay here, but I can't confirm anything. So Raymond James, man, I hate to let you down, dude, but your guess right now is how they're going to stop the run is as good as mine. Washington Redskins, Coos. They're, they're a team that you kind of have a little bit of a tie to, right? Because you, you grew up a, a Redskins fan, if I'm not mistaken. Still am. Still am a Redskins. So I, condolences to you. But,
1: yeah, it's been.
0: <laughs> but, but to be fair, I mean, there hasn't been much to cheer about in Jacksonville either in the, the past decade. So you, we're kind of in the same boat right now.
1: Well, I was I was, I guess, essentially joking with a buddy earlier today. I was like, this might, other than... You know, RG3's run in the playoffs might be the most excitement around my team yeah. that I really can remember. Absolutely. I I'm, mean, we lost in the first round to Sean Alexander mm-hmm. uh, way back in the day. Yep. But really, those are the three. Is it's, <laughs> it's all I got.
0: That's all you got right now. And, and obviously, I mean, in terms of, you know, I mean, I get it. You're... You're in your late 20s or early 30s? I mean, you're still uh, a young 20s, guy. Yeah. yeah, so you're still a young guy. I mean, d- does it bother you that they're going to change the name Redskins, or do you feel like it should be done?
1: To me, I was just telling you, like, I yeah. because the team's not necessarily good, I haven't been buying, like, hats or a shirt or even yeah. a jersey because I don't know who's going to be on the team long term. <laughs> um, which, I mean, that's the thing that happens here with, the, you know, Jags. We joke about that, too.
0: Chase Young, man. Go ahead and get that yeah. Chase Young jersey while you can. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. But, you know... Um, I This, I was joking the other day, is I'm excited to buy whatever the new logo is, whatever the new name is. I'm excited to buy a hat and yeah. a shirt, and I've just kind of been waiting for the news to come out so that I can go get one.
0: So, so it's funny. You know, obviously, in our we, we do a group text for the show every single day, and it kind of preps us for what we're going to talk about today. And one of the topics was Redskins finally announced that they're going to change their name. Well, I really wanted to put in the response, no duh, okay, but of course, because let's be honest here. The past week or past two weeks or so, I mean, everyone's been calling for it, right? I mean, it's a story that we ourselves have been talking about a lot, and I think right now if the Reds, you know, if Washington would have came out and said, oh, yeah, you know, we're not going to change the name this year, but maybe in the next couple of years we're going to take some suggestions, it doesn't work like that, okay? Especially in the landscape right now where people are holding receipts on social media. Like, if someone calls for something, you better abide, you better follow along, or there's going to be a big outcry. No, no. I understand there's going to be the traditionalists out there. Um, More than likely, probably some of the older generation that don't want to see this name get changed. And you know what? It, it, it is what it is for them. But at the end of the day, if you 're a Washington fan, you better get with it because it's happening okay, and nothing you can do or say is going to change that. I understand that there's tradition around the name and you grew up with that name and everything. but listen, sometimes tradition's got to come to an end, especially when it offends such a big group of people. you know so with that being said, there's been some kind of uh you know that there's been some names being thrown out there, and I 'll be honest, man. Cause you know, like how Jacksonville and, and the Jaguars—they have Duval. I mean, that—that's that, the hashtag. That's the slogan, yeah. right? Like that's—that's that's everybody knows Jacksonville, and you know that's what we were chanting before the games. Like there is pride in the phrase Duval, and if you type in hashtag D U U U V L, like that's—that's that's how you can follow the Jaguar stuff. Okay, well, I would argue for Washington. It's HTTR, you know, hail to the Redskins, right? So when, when you put the hashtag HTTR, I mean, that's that's like R. Duval. That's, that's Washington, HTTR, right? So in my opinion, you almost have to kind of keep the name. You have to keep that tradition and have it something be like, you know, supposedly the Red Tails or the Red Hawks or the Red Wolves. And another name being thrown out there, too, which is intriguing, but I don't know how to feel about it is the Warriors. Now, keep in mind, it doesn't start with an R, I get that, but the Warriors is an interesting one because this kind of hits home for me a little bit, right? So, growing up in Wisconsin, you have, University of Wisconsin is big, obviously, but then also you have Marquette University, who's big in basketball. In the early 90s, the Marquette Golden Eagles, who they are now, changed their name from the Golden Eagles, I'm sorry, they changed their name from the Warriors to the Golden Eagles. And like, it's funny how much research I, I I've done on this topic, and how many people I've talked to. There's no really legit, like full fledged reason why they changed the name from Warriors to Golden Eagles. Now there's a school of thought that says, well, they changed the name because you know the and when it's in Wisconsin, obviously, so there, there's a lot of Native American people were offended by the name Warriors. But then there's another school, I think it's more a legitimate school, like, like you know, it's there's a lot more people behind this reason, is the fact that their mascot, which was for the Warriors, had a lot of racial undertones to it, let's just say, okay? So, a lot of people think they changed the term Warriors, not so much because of the name, but because of the way the mascot looked, and they wanted to get rid of all that branding, and then hence Golden Eagles was born. My point, though, is you still have the Golden State Warriors, you know, like, that's, that's probably one of the most popular brands right now in all basketball, right? And I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not sure if I've maybe just been naive, if I haven't done my homework enough, but like, I, I'm not sure how the Native American you know, people feel about the Golden State Warriors. I mean, obviously, their logo doesn't really revolve around anything Native American or not, but I just wonder that word, if it rubs some people the wrong way or not. I mean, from my perspective, obviously – It's fine with me. I mean, I grew up, one of my favorite movies as a child was the Warriors. You know, and that wasn't really the Native American connotations. Um, it was more like street gangs and everything in Coney Island, but like, so I I don't know, I don't know where you draw the line in that. And I get where the Redskins could be coming from too, where it's like, we don't want to copy another team. We we want our brand. We want to be unique. Hence the Red Tails. Red Hawks, or Red Wolves. Kuz, out of those names, and you know what, let's go ahead and put Warriors in the mix real quick. Out of Warriors, Red Tails, Red Hawks, or Red Wolves, and keep in mind, you're closer than this than anybody because you're actually a fan, what would you want to see your Washington team be named when it's all said and done?
1: I feel like it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence but I'm probably, which
0: which we're so against here on ESPN six ninety.
1: But I'd probably be happy with any of them. Like I just really? want a name. I when right now I'm in a spot where people <laughs> go, like, "What's your favorite team?" And I go, like, "I don't know their name," and yeah. they're like, "What?" Like, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like you're just a kid, like you know, like, "Hey, man, could someone just name me, please? Just yeah. give me a name." You just want something to to, to cheer for. You want something to
1: believe yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then I, then and then after that, it'll be like intrigued to see what the logo will look like. You know, like obviously. When you go with, uh, you know, a red hawk or, yeah. a, or a red wolf, like, okay, well, then, then you can easily have like a mascot or a logo. Like, I can kind of already picture something with like red tails. I wonder what they would do, how they would do something like yeah. that with the warriors. Same thing. Like, I wonder, um, and, and I, I, I heard a lot of arguments against the Warriors because of the Golden State Warriors, but it's like, teams have done that. I mean, we got, we got two Cardinals. We've got, you know, but there's, there's
0: a- yeah, but no, I, I get you there because I'm going to cut you off there, man. But like, l- let me ask you this though. Are you worried though if they go in the Warriors direction? Like, and once again, I don't know if it's offensive or not. And maybe I should do some more homework on this, but it's like I said, the whole Marquette thing back in the mid nineties, it, it's kind of a confusing story to me. So like, would you not want to see Washington go from obviously, a racial connotative, which they had before to maybe another another one where it's like well now we're under a fire again because we're tiptoeing the line between there's, what we deem you know racial or not.
1: And I know when when the Warriors because the Warriors were originally in Philadelphia yeah. Yeah, it was the Philadelphia Warriors and when they moved I know the logos and everything changed and I think they got as far away from trying to be tied to that as as possible. So I think there's and that could be the problem right with the Redskins yeah. because there was the logo, there is the logo, and then you kind of, it almost feels like a half attempt yeah, at, at changing, like yeah, you, you changed, but you didn't fully change, so I get that. On that, line, but but I think if you did go to, maybe say if they did decide on the Warriors, mm-hmm. and you go with something like, you know, like, like Golden State, they well, they have the bridge in their logo, and yeah. like not even a, you know, that's yeah. their logo, yep. so you could, you might be able to do something like that, like, you know, have a DC tie to it, and and do that, but... Um. Yeah, I like. I, I think I'd just be okay. I just want resolve at this point. I just want to know what it should, is. Yeah,
0: and I get it, man. It's got to yeah. be. You know, I mean, it's it's a big decision, right? Because we're talking about a team, an NFL team, one of thirty-two teams are changing their name. Yeah. For you know, for the. For longed future. Like, this is how you're going to be calling them now for the next 20 to 50 years. Like, when you're sitting on the porch, you know, who is watching stuff with you, with your grandkids, and it's like, hey, we're cheering for, you know, so and so. So I get where you're coming from, where obviously, you know, there may be some better names than some other ones, but you just want to get it done, right? Like, you you, you don't want to beat around the bush anymore. Um, I guess my other question to you, and it's, you know, obviously the question that's going around on social media and everything, the red tails, right? So the, the red tails in reference to the Tuskegee Airmen, um, you know, they, they made a couple movies about it. It's a fantastic story, you know, and um, their service, obviously, and what they've done. If you if you haven't, you know, done any research, check them out because it's, it's really um, a great story of how they helped kind of shape our country to this day. But when we talk about the Red Tails, you know, there's there's a group of people out there that think, well, now you guys are going like above and beyond, right? Because let's be honest here. The whole name change thing for Washington, it all started because, well, of the Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. And it just kind of branched off. To be fair, I think Native Americans have been asking to change the Washington name for a long time
1: now. I would say, yeah, like this round of wanting them to change the name came from that. But there has been – I mean, I I feel like – I thought that team was changing names like five different times in my life.
0: Exactly. And I remember even South Park made fun of it like three or four years ago, right? So it's always been a hot-button issue. But unfortunately, you know, it didn't really get the momentum because, let's be honest, I don't think it got a lot of support from – you know, non-Native American people and um, as bad as as that is. And, you know, and, and I'll take responsibility. And I'll take the blame. I mean, um, it falls on everybody. But now with the Black Lives Matter and then the protests and everything well, and receipts being pulled, now they're kind of having their moment in the sun to make that change.
1: Well, I would even say, too, you know, the first however many attempts to try to get this changed, I don't think there was potential loss in revenue tied to it as well. Right. You had yeah. Nike and and. Um, you know, FedEx came out was asking yep. like, "Hey, we're gonna pull out. We want we want you to change." Like, it there was di- a lot of money involved.
0: It didn't affect the bottom dollar at the end of the day, right? Exactly. And now all of a sudden, when you have these companies saying, "Well, Nike's taking it off the website," FedEx is like, "I'm not in this, man."
1: I think Amazon may have said they weren't gonna do yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So when you have these companies saying, "You better do something," well, then now we we finally have their attention. Which, listen. Attention should have been had a long time ago when there was a group of people that were offended by that word, let's be honest, all right? And it's sad they got to sit here on a Monday and say, well, what really did it was the big company is finally backing out and saying, we're going to affect your bottom line, so you better make a change. And all of a sudden, the owner's like, well, pff, well, now I got to do it. You know, like, I, I got to make my money. It's sad that we're talking about it like that, but at the end of the day, the most important thing is that the name's getting changed, and finally, Native American voices are being heard. But my question, Kuz, so with with the Red Tails, I mean. Do you think it's a little bit too much? Because I don't think really necessarily like the Tuskegee Airmen have any ties to Washington per se. Like, do you think it's kind of going above and beyond a little bit, kind of like a la, you know, the 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 Black National Anthem now that's going to be played, mm-hmm. um, during you know during the games. I mean, there's been some NFL players that have been outspoken about saying, hey, we just want to stop police brutality. All mm-hmm. right, we we didn't ask for the Black National Anthem now. I think it's a nice gesture, but is it I guess kind of overcorrecting, Coos?
1: I don't think so i kind of like the idea of having a military tie in some sure. way
0: when when this first well, especially was especially to the great you know city of washington dc that's what, that's yeah. the other
1: and that was one of the i mean i think one of the first team names i thought of was like oh why not go with the capitals it's, well, yeah. obviously there's a hockey team but mm-hmm. you know i thought i was like oh that kind of makes sense so mm-hmm. i thought something like that would be cool and then when that was obviously not an option it was like wow, well, you know do a military tie do a, the soldiers the that's where the warriors comes up and it's like well you know so I, I like the idea of having a military tie to it. Yeah. Um, well, and let's be honest
0: here, a positive military tie. Yeah, See, like, yeah. I, I don't think it's really an overcorrection either. Now, I can get the argument where it's like, well, do they have a, a lot of, you know, do, do the Tuskegee Airmen, I mean, were they stationed in Washington, D.C.? I don't think so. Like, so I get the argument saying, well, what tie do they have, you know, to the city? But then I can go back and say, well, at the same time, though, it's Washington, D.C. Okay? It's the nation's capital. It stands for something. And, like... You can go down a laundry list of other names in college, you know, the running rebels and the raiders and the cowboys and things like that. But, like, the Red Tails were a positive influence and they were a great story to our country's heritage. OK, it wasn't like talking about the rebels and using the Confederate flag and all that stuff Well, that's kind of getting weeded out now as well. Like the Red Tails, it was a positive story. You know, it just so happened that you know the, the positive story it circulates and it revolves around you know the black community and that's fine, but I agree with you, Kuz. I'm I'm not opposed to red tails, and I don't think it's really an overcorrection. I just think it's a it's it's a it's a cool name. I think you can do a lot to of be, cool things with a logo. It'd be to, awesome.
1: Yeah, to be honest, as long as you have a logo that looks cool on a hat, I'm gonna buy it. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's literally where I'm at with it. Like, well, yeah. I'm a big hat guy. You know that. Like, yeah. I, uh, if I can, if their logo looks cool on a hat, I'm going to get it. Even if it does I'm probably going to get it because I, I'm going to support the team. But, you know, we'll, but, we'll see where we go.
0: No, of course. And let's be honest here, too. I mean, the, the, there's always that... There's always that new excitement for a new logo, right? Like I, I remember, like when the L. A. Kings changed their logo so so long ago. I was like that was like you had rappers and like videos when rocking the Jumbo that Shrimp logo. did it. I Jumbo was Shrimp, pumped. there you go, exactly. That's probably even that better. That was, was
1: less liked here than yeah. I think. You know, people felt like I don't know. People were really upset. Obviously, the Suns yeah. had a, you know they've been around for a while, so changing the logo was like a big shock. Well, and
0: I also think you know talking about. Kids, kind of I don't know to say kids, but like people in your age group, right? Who you guys do rock the hats? You rock the merchandise. You're all over social media. You're taking selfies, all that good stuff. You're on the <coughs> gram, as Brent Martin would say it.
1: Ooh, it's TikTok now, but oh, yes. Oh, okay,
0: you're on TikTok. My bad. That's that's how old I am. I don't have either of them. So like your Your voice should matter. like I mean, I understand. there's this seventy year old eighty year old guy out there that's been to every single Redskins game that's wearing like the the right. pig nose and, you it. know he's he's hardcore. I understand that. But in terms of the money, in terms of the merchandise, that starts with you guys. Chris.
1: Are we gonna be the first team that instead of revealing a regular logo, comes out with like a gif logo? Like oh. a moving <laughs> a moving logo.
0: Why not? Cool, it's something you're trying to you know, get a listen, a new job in Washington. Listen,
1: here. if they need a, a social media guy. Now we're talking. But listen, I,
0: I think that the name change has been a long time coming. I'm happy to see it. Um coming to fruition. Warriors, red tails, red hawks, red wolves. There are a lot of wolves in Washington, D C
1: I don't think so, like are there's there like red a, wolves the foxes and stuff I mean I'm so I'm going at it from a Pennsylvania standpoint and the animals we had there' Because, <laughs> like I mean, it's not
0: too too far, yeah, yeah, okay,
1: but maybe
0: so you can see, I mean are there are there red wolves? I guess I don't I mean, I know there's like timber wolves
1: they get bloody the red it's a good point,
0: oh, I like that. can you imagine the marketing and the violence tied to football? I like that a lot, well, hey, I think regardless of what they change it to. It's going to be better than the Washington Wizards. Nuff said.